0: On this Aviation special, we chat with Modus VR and Avacore talking about how virtual reality can help folks get back to work and develop hybrid spaces. All that and more. Next on this Aviation special The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an Aviation Special, Commercial VR. step the Stephen with Aviation with an Aviation Special, taking a look at an interesting take on getting back to work. Uh, we're recording this towards the first part of July. Uh, Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, all the big ones, right? They, they've all said, you know what, we're going back to work. We're going back in person um, there are different companies have different levels different strategies different timelines but by and large there are there is going to be some sort of of in-person component to the big tech companies in addition, you've got other folks that are saying you know what let's do hybrid you can do you know some sort of hoteling when you do happen to come into the office and then there are other companies that have said you know what we we get it we want to do hundred percent. Uh remote, we sell all of our properties or, or break all of our leases, and and we don't have any, any brick and mortar anymore. Depending on your company, depending on your culture, that's what you're going to to kind of uh, focus on. With me today to talk about this uh, are two gentlemen I didn't think I would ever have on the same program. I've interviewed them separately, but this is a very, very interesting one. So first of all, foremost, Dana Corey, uh, you guys know him and love him from Avicor. Welcome, sir.
1: Welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Uh, and a young man, I have, uh, well, there's two parts of this. First of all, I, I met Ken Bruick uh, from Modus uh, through the work we do with Cedia and the residential market, right? And Ken's got the Modus is opportunity to do create VR and, and, and um, basically 3D renderings of, of home installations. Uh, on the CTI side, uh, we were actually looking at, at the, the system and still are uh, doing some, some commercial type uh, VR. So, Ken, first and foremost, welcome back, sir. Thank you. It's good to be here. So, so let's talk for a second, really quick, Ken. You you have migrated over from um, doing primarily residential, right? That was the 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 stuff that you had uh, in your in your toolbox, and you have migrated over and you started adding things like Avicor, um properties into uh, the Modus uh, platform. First, let's talk for a second about why you even started making that transition.
2: Yeah, uh, and it's. So modus has always been a space planning and problem solving tool. Uh, we, we needed to start small just to be able to execute and deliver something, and we had a lot of ties in the residential market. So that's where we chose to start. Um, and as we were looking for areas to expand, we had a lot of customers that were doing stuff on the commercial side too. And so they just kind of naturally pulled us in, uh, and the more we Looked at commercial, the more we realized we could offer a lot of value there. So it was a, a natural place for us to expand.
0: One of those aspects is, and it's something that that I have had somewhat, not disagreements, disagreements like you know, uh, fisticuffs, but disagreements with, with the CDF folks, when they say, oh, you know what? Our, our members don't do resume commercial or they don't do like commercial very often. They may not be talking to the same people I am, right? And that's possible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You just mentioned something there. Your customers were getting into commercial. Mm -hmm. The people that I'm talking to are getting into commercial, right? I'll I'll, I'll pick on my buddy Joe Whitaker here from St. Louis. Uh, Thoughtful Integrations, he started out in in doing homes in in, in Dallas and here in St. Louis, some high-end stuff. And now he's doing not just that, but also a number of hospitality and other types of light commercial. Talk for a second about that transition that you've been able to see from, you know, Oh yeah, we, we can do high end homes, but now we can also do some of these commercial products.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because the the commercial process is radically different, right? When you're when you're dealing with a homeowner, it's much more an emotional sell. Uh, it's often higher margin, higher touch. Uh, everything is very bespoke. Uh, on the commercial side, you're it's just a totally different discipline. Uh, the margins are tighter your precision has to be greater, you're dealing with people that aren't making emotional decisions, you're dealing with someone that has a fixed budget, you know, they can't just say, well, you know, now that you've got me thinking about this fun presentation, I'm gonna add another five grand to the budget. It's just, it's a very different thing. Uh, And and so it's not always a logical or natural transition for the integrator, Um, but it it is pretty common for some of those larger integrators to open up a separate division that can function differently. and um, we do see a lot of that. Um, and then on the CDA side, I mean, they have been talking a lot about, uh, resi commercial that from what we've seen, that's typically more like bars and restaurants rather than conference rooms, but also there's a lot of hospitality in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to see. Um, I, I think overall, when I compare our commercial only integrators to our residential only integrators, um, the, the commercial integrators seem to have a lot more unification in the types of jobs they do, whereas on the residential side, we see a lot more variety.
0: Yeah, Dana, we're going to bring you in on this. As, as we do kind of get back to work, one of the things that Avicor does a lot of when it comes to interactive displays as well as, as large format displays, um, you have a lot of partners that you've you uh, integrated with when it comes to Avicor, people like Microsoft and Zoom and Crestron and stuff like that. So you you are 100% you know, you know baked in commercial right yeah. as we look at this getting back to work and regardless of which one we're looking at here what do you see as as we start looking at getting people back in in person but also being able to the, the, be, having that need to connect folks um at a far end whether that's a client or whether that's a co-worker
1: yeah, yeah i think uh, you know as we talked about before and we have in the industry you know the prolification of video now being everywhere Uh, zoom is now a verb right Um, in the sense that it's all widely known from kids to to adults obviously and and now you get on a call these days and if you're not on video it's almost like it's it feels weird right i'd rather be in a video call than be on my cell phone honestly after these this time and that's a journey that this industry would have taken us probably five years to to accomplish or more Uh, we've been trying to you know get audio in meeting rooms and get video in meeting rooms and now we're going to have you know video everywhere so that's been good for us in some way because now video is the standard, and I think what we're now seeing is a race to get video into meeting rooms. And then the other challenge, of course, which we'll talk about, is you know creating equity across the employees, whether they be in office, either for the day or for a meeting, and/or at home. How do we create that equity across both of them so I can feel like I'm included as part of the team, um, so I can meet the needs of my employees and their needs as a family, and but also deliver on productivity in the company. That balance will be, as we were talking about, and kind of mentioned earlier, it's you know, it's really what's the best fit for each one of those companies. But that's the challenge for sure. And and Avacore's play is to, to be that surface, if you will, that that platform to spring off of, um, to enable that collaboration, to enable whatever that is, whether it's a light lift of annotating to full on collaborating. And um, but the answer is always the same for us. It's no problem. We can do it, right? Ken, I want to bring you in on this because
0: you have an interesting story that I want to tie back into something that, that Avacore and Dana can do. Your previous company, the company that you, that you had before this, you guys were purchased by a, another, another firm. You were the only person that was not physically in that that meeting, and some, some a term that folks will, will throw around here is is meeting equity, right? Making sure yeah. that everybody feels a part of the meeting, everybody's able to contribute and get something out of it. Tell folks for a minute here that the your experience as being the only kind of remote person. Again, this was years ago, right? So technology has certainly you know jumped forward since then, but that just from your perspective, that 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 experience.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this is around 2013-2014. Uh, we had a very small team of uh, 12 or 13 people at the time. We were brought into a much, much larger company. Uh, I'm, I'm in Utah. Uh, headquarters, or at least for my division, was in California. And, and it was a very meeting-heavy culture uh, that this company had. Um, but we were also a software team. And so, so much of our, our time was spent in front of whiteboards, sketching out architecture and you know brainstorming ideas. Uh, and, and what would happen is I'd be dialed into these meetings and for me, it was not an equitable experience. Uh, I couldn't see the whiteboard. It was in view of the camera. I mean, physically I could see a white rectangle, but once they started drawing, I couldn't see a thing, right? The, the resolution was too low. The video compression was too high. So I could just see kind of blurs of colors. Um, the conference room setup itself was so poor that I couldn't even hear what was being discussed and and a lot of times those meetings have little side chats here and there mm-hmm. and and for me to contribute in any meaningful way or even get anything out of the meeting was nearly impossible and 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 the takeaways I had from that were largely negative <laughs> i you know every meeting we had was dreadful i was discouraged Uh, certainly not motivated, certainly not energized or excited about the direction things were headed largely because I didn't know what was happening or where they were headed. Um, and coming out of that, I, I started to think, okay, well, maybe hybrid work just isn't possible. Um, but that's really not the case at all, right? It was, it was a technology problem, uh, where they just didn't have the right tools and, and so because of that, I, I wasn't really part of the team. I I wasn't, I, I didn't get an equitable side. Um, thankfully, things, things are now changing.
0: Yeah. Dana, take this for me. That, you know, eight years ago now, take us forward. You mentioned the fact that, that in the last year, obviously, technology has taken a leapfrog. And I, I would also argue that that adoption of mm-hmm. technology has also taken a leapfrog because of the pandemic. How can technology solve some of these issues, right? Technology state is going a, a catch all for everything. But this is certainly one of, the, one of those areas where you know, there are technological solutions to the experience that Ken had.
1: Yeah, I think the I mean, there's still challenges ahead of us. I and mean, while the platforms of Teams and, and Google Meet and and Zoom have brought forward a uh, a much better delivery platform to, to kind of spring off of and do collaboration, maybe some whiteboarding, some content shares there. And now we're challenged with well, which one do I pick, and how do I handle all those, and what if my customer uses one, and I use another? That's the challenge to be. But when it comes to having this level of interaction, uh, that the tools are there now. Um, from a hardware perspective, we've been ahead of both on cameras and touch technology, ahead of the applications for a while. Uh, yeah. We, you know, kind of build the the Bentley, if you will, of of what's available, and hoping that you get there and, and the driver can keep up with us, right? So this adoption, this video enablement, is getting us closer to parity together, where you're using the real the real benefits of that hardware. Um, and day to day. And I think we're going to see a continued race, if you will, innovation in the meeting room, because now if I am Teams or Meet or Zoom and I'm fighting for users and, and applications, and now if we're going back to work, guess what the fight is? The fight's in the room. And I mean that in a, in a positive way, I meaning fighting for innovation and new new things. So I, I believe and I have no you know, foresight into this other than the fact that I believe that we're going to see some real benefits in the meeting rooms from those platforms uh, we saw Microsoft do it recently on uh, another advancement of their whiteboarding, which is incredible. Uh, I'm sure Zoom's working on something as well, like that, like that. The, all that means for us is that the benefits continue to drive into the into the room environments, whether in a home, room at home, office at home, or an executive office or in a meeting room. It's coming, and that's and we're ready for it. You're, I think, yeah, really absolutely, are.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And that that's going to be some of the stuff that we, that we, we kind of move on as we further this conversation. Is, it, Ken, I want to talk about something that that you know. You know, Dana mentioned the fact that you know bringing things and, and the, the challenge is going to be and the, and the the, um, the the battle will be uh, technology-wise in in the boardroom and in the in the meeting room, but sometimes that meeting room is is kind of virtual, right? You you do have some folks and uh, who are all remote, and then you have obviously you have the hybrid, and then you've got the all in, in person, but that that process and, and those experiences have got to be some, some somewhat of seamless. One of the things and, and in reading. I want to say it was it was a psychology piece um about a week or so ago one of the things that that folks are pointing to is as we kind of get back in person one of the things that that folks discovered in the in the last year was you can still have human interaction it's not physically in, not necessarily in real life you know irl but you can still have that connection right talk for a second about how what we have you know, modus and, and aviqor but also you know, technology-wise we can leverage some of these technologies to still connect each other virtually, right? Still have that human interaction to help, whether that's in, you know, managing uh, employees, encouraging folks, mentorship, you know, talk for a second about how, as we kind of come together in, in these meeting rooms, again, whether that's physically in person or, or virtually, how we can still maintain those interactions.
2: You know, it, it's interesting, right? So Tim and Dana both... We have never interacted in real life. I've never had an opportunity to shake either of your hands. But at the same time, I, I like both of you. We have good rapport. I've gotten to know both of you uh, quite a bit over the last year or so. Um, and, and so it, I, I think as with everything else, there's a balance there, right? Mm-hmm. It, um, every layer of communication we add helps build relationships. If we're If we're communicating strictly over text, that's a little bit... Once we have some nonverbal communication, we can see each other. We can hear inf- inflection in are in the way we're speaking, you know, that all starts to build up to getting closer to a real life interaction. Um, on the VR side, it's really interesting. You have a floating headset and two controllers, right? You don't even see facial expression or anything, but seeing how somebody emotes just with body language is shockingly, um, it's shocking how how much comes through in terms of personality, um, it, which really surprised us. Uh, so I, I think I, I think we're seeing just a lot of opportunities for people to build relationships in different ways than we're used to. I, I don't think anything will ever fully replace physical interaction, right? Being able to shake somebody's hand and and look them directly in the eye rather than kind of look at the screen and bounce between your camera and the screen. Um, but it's close, right? And, and sometimes being able to get close is, uh, good enough because of the other benefits that it brings in, right? If, if you have a two and a half hour commute to and from work, there's a cost there and maybe that maybe it's worth it to sacrifice. Uh, the in-person stuff once in a while to be able to spend more time with family or to be able to go get your tires rotated right I mean there, there's just there, there's a balance to be found and, and I think we're we're seeing the value of that um, with the unfortunate opportunity we've had from the pandemic
0: well, absolutely and there's also something I mean there there is how do I there is there is a there's a balance here because uh, I mentioned the fact that, you know, I you know I now go over to, to St. Louis twice a week at least. Um, I've said this on several different, like, you know, um, occasions. I have found there is a disconnect when I leave that office, when I leave CTI you know, corporate headquarters, and I get in my car. I've got about a 35, 45-minute drive, depending on St. Louis traffic, and St. Louis is nowhere near L.A. or New York, so don't, you know, I have it easy. Don't misunderstand but there's a disconnect there, right? I can listen to a podcast, I can listen to nothing, right? But it's me in my car, right? There's a decompression there that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking my my work home, and there are certain, you know, certainly days and occasions when I do work the weekends and, and nights that does happen. But there's there's a there's a benefit there of going into an office and and then you know, again, this is me personally though. This mm-hmm. is my personal preference, my personal experience. I think that's one of the things that, that some corporations are have have a a, a danger of losing sight of is, is what does it work for each individual employee or your culture, right? Um, before we started recording, Dana mentioned the fact that, that people are beating up Apple for for you know oh we're going back to work we're going back to the office that works for their culture, right? That's their culture, right? Whether you you loved him or hate him, you know, one of the one of the most popular stories about Steve Jobs was the fact that he walked around the office and to see what people were working on and would give them feedback. You cannot do that. You can't do the whole pop in virtually. Yes, they're, yeah, they're, 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 there's a way to do that, but, but you know, there, there's also a side of this that, that says, you know, there's some natural serendipitous things that happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, as we wrap up here, I want to make sure that I understand and get each of your, your takes on this. Dana, we'll start with you on this. What does it mean now that, that you know that Ken and his team have started bringing in some of these commercial things and, and start working with with you know products like Avacore and you know leveraging some of that VR technology for meetings, but also for other applications in commercial spaces?
1: Yeah, no, I think the timing is is fantastic, really, because I think you have this real challenge in corporate right now, corporate America, just corporate in general, of spatial planning. Um, you know, how do I handle the hybrid spaces? How do I move things around? How do I balance today's needs with tomorrow's? Can I visualize these things? And also what's, what's so powerful about MODIS is the, the ability to see the technology layer itself within the space spatially. Like what does the camera view angle look like? What does it look like from the camera? Um, how does the panels look in the room? What's the right size? I mean, these are all things that you, you have to draw up and, and try to get the, the client to conceptualize. When in reality, you can just actually literally take them through it and you know, virtually walk them through the room um, and it's, it's, it's great. I mean, that's, that's the power of it. And I think the timing of them coming into it is, is, like I said, wonderful. And for us, it's being part of that solution. You know, we are just a piece within the pie, and yeah. we get to be shown in a way that shows the, the benefits in that spatial place. And, and that makes it exciting because, you know, we did a, a webinar with Salamander and Logitech with Modus, which was great. And it just really allowed us to all show the technology, but in a way that delivers, you know, the, the space in a meaningful way. It's really, really good.
0: There's an old adage in architecture that it's a lot cheaper and easier to remove a wall with an eraser than it is with a bulldozer, right? <laughs> um, and the same thing here, Ken, and I want you to comment as well as on, on Dana's side, you know, on Modus's side rather. You know, what does this mean for integrators? What does it mean for the folks that are designing these systems to be able to take their clients through a new space or even? you know, how they're uh, able to leverage their existing spaces to make it more hybrid friendly, but also more, you know, health conscious as well.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, the, the challenge I see here is, is much greater than just a technology challenge. If, if a company is really looking at transitioning to support a hybrid workforce, they are potentially changing their entire culture. Yeah. And, and that's not a decision you take lightly. That's, quite possibly the most important thing you could be looking at changing or screwing up. Right. Um, and, and so when you have so much at stake, uh, there tends to be a little bit of decision paralysis and, and we're seeing uh, statistically speaking, still over half the companies either haven't made a decision or haven't communicated their return to office plans. Um, and there's just so many variables to think about, many of which are things they've never even considered before. And so, to have an executive sitting in an office trying to imagine the day-to-day reinvention of their workforce is an unfair thing to ask them to do. They're just not equipped to do that. And so when you have a tool like MODIS, for example, that lets you try things out, a lot of problems come to the forefront that you wouldn't necessarily think about. And, and I'll, I'll use Avicor as a wonderful example of this because Avicor is the... Only interactive touchscreen we've added to Modus so far, and 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 going into it, I didn't fully appreciate the benefits of having it in Modus. Um, but once we had it there, especially working with with Dana and his team, you know, we would start designing a room and we'd put a touchscreen somewhere and we'd realize, oh my goodness, we just put this touchscreen where a, a normal display typically was, but there's an 18-inch deep cabinet underneath it. I can't reach it very well, or this display isn't at the right height because now it's awkward to reach the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen. Or now I'm, as I'm interacting with the screen, I'm blocking a camera, right? All of these things that I, I'm sure are obvious to Dana because this is his world were not obvious to me. And it's not gonna be obvious to a lot of the integrators either. And and that's that's the power of being able to just see what you're doing and be in that environment. You get that spatial understanding that you only get either in VR or actually building it out in real life. Um, and so that's that's where I see this being such a, a big piece and where it's it's been so eye-opening to have Avacor in there because it's, it's made me rethink and appreciate so many of these challenges uh, for what they really are.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, I will uh, most likely be seeing uh, both of you in real life. We mentioned that. Uh, probably in the next six months uh, as we uh, as aviation heads to both Cedia and to Infocom. Uh, so I uh, hope to see you both there. Dana Corey uh, from Avacore, How do people connect with you or Avacore, sir?
1: Uh, we are at Avicor.com. And if you want to email me, it's Dana.Corey at Avicor.com as well. So.
0: All right, very good. Thanks. Mr. Ken, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you or MODIS? Yeah, uh, just
2: modusvr.com. That's M-O-D-U-S-V-R.com. And my email is ken at modusvr.com.
0: All right, very good. Thank you both so much. For us, for Aviation go by our website, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others. Since we're talking about both Resi and Commercial here, go watch my buddy uh, Matt Scott's, his uh, weekly show, Called Resi Week that looks at the residential side, and mine, uh, AV Week, that looks at the uh, commercial side. So, all that and more at AVNation.tv, avnation.tv.